0: Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Christians that we may see or hear that God does. God just blows our mind all the time, doesn't he, right? And and sometimes it seems to us, because we try to logically weigh things out, and sometimes it's like, God, you want me to do this? It seems a bit ridiculous. But guess what? I want to have some ridiculous faith. I want to believe for the impossible because we serve a God of the impossible, right? Uh, And and so so I want to have that ridiculous faith. It doesn't look like it makes sense on paper. It doesn't make sense, but man, it's it's just ridiculous faith. It's ridiculous commitment. So in the past couple weeks, we've talked about those very things. And we've been looking at the life of Elisha, the prophet Elisha. The first week, if you remember, we talked about ridiculous commitment. Um, Ridiculous commitment. Sometimes following God is a matter of burning our clouds and and, and getting rid of anything that's going to hold us to comfort. uh, Because God is calling us out of comfort, right? Um, Last week, we talked about digging ditches. Y'all remember that if you were here? We talked about digging some ditches and the miracle that uh, happened through the prophet Elijah uh, required some steps of faith uh, from the armies of the three kings that came together. And they had to, God said, I'm going to provide water that you need in this desert, but you're going to have to dig some ditches uh, first. So we talked about having ridiculous uh, faith. Today I want to talk to you about uh, ridiculous provision. Ridiculous provision. How many believe that God is your provider? God is. Some of you may clap back at me. I want that. I need that. I'll preach better if you do that. Okay. Uh, But uh, but yeah, getting this word. You might think that your job is your provider, right? Uh, You you might think that maybe your spouse is is your provider. But man, I'm sort of a heavenly father that provides all of my needs according to His riches in glory. Amen. God uh, God is our provider. So I want to talk to you today and maybe encourage you. Some of you in the room, or if you're watching online today, thanks for tuning in uh, with us on, on Facebook Live and then maybe YouTube later on in the week. But I want to encourage some people today and help you understand that we can have ridiculous provision. Even when we sing, it seems like we don't have very much or maybe nothing at all. And if we've got God and we're focused on Him and we're trusting in Him, we've got everything that we need. Amen? So let's talk about ridiculous provision today. A few years ago. Uh, we were, uh, Haley and I were in Ross. We, we go there often. Yeah, that's my spot. I'm not going to pay full price uh, for something anywhere right now. I feel that. I feel that. Um, but, but we were in Ross, and I think it was it was about the time that our daughter Ansley was was born, maybe just a little bit older. And we were back in the baby section, I believe. Um, and if you know that like City Ross, in the back of the baby section where the clothes are, um, there's toys on the back wall, right? And then there's all the kids shoes right there. So it's all in this one little corner, and we were looking through that. And this mother came along with a young child, and she came along and they they'd go past the toy aisle and, and they were going through the shoe section. And the little boy does what any kid does, and some of us adults, let's be honest. Like, hey, I want that toy right there, Mom. Right? Ooh, look at that, I want that. Mom, mom, let's stop. Says, no, we, we're gonna get some shoes. Like you, you need shoes. But like, no, mommy, I need this toy. And we just cracked up. For what she said next Not only cracked up but was like, uh-huh, that's right But she says, you need to understand the difference between your needs and your wants right? and, and I think that's a word for us as adults as well We need to understand the difference between what we really need and what we really want And God does a, a funny job of reminding us uh, of that at times, doesn't he? And kind of humbling us and kind of getting us in the right mindset the difference between our needs and, and our wants. You know, we live with these first world problems, right? Y'all, y'all have heard that term before. Like we, we will often maybe this is more the younger audience in the room, but we'll often say, "Hey, first world problem, right?" Because uh, we're so blessed here in, in the country that we live in, and, and there's some things sometimes that we think that we're lacking, while people in other parts of the world are just struggling to have basic essential needs like food, water, shelter, clothing, right? But here we're like, oh my gosh, the wi is not working. You know? First world problem, right? Oh, my battery's dead, I need a charger, right? Teenagers, I wear, I need a charger, right? Many of us adults say my phone's dead, I need a charger, right? You know? Oh, Taco Bell got my order wrong. Jeez, I didn't want to chalupa. I want a be burrito. But if you get the $5 cravings box, you get a little bit of everything. I'm just saying. That's good. Yes. Yeah. We live with these silly things that we think that we need. I took this selfie. I put it on Instagram, and it was a good selfie. Okay, I had the right filter, and the lighting, and the angle was perfect. I only got seven likes. (laughs) Nobody commented on my selfie. Nobody said I was beautiful. Right? Yeah. First world problems. How <laughs> I many parents in the room, you struggle with your kids, and they're eating, and they want to throw away food. It's like they're starving children in Africa that would love to have this food that you're eating right now. Anybody ever had that conversation with your kids, right? Do How many of you you got kids that go into the refrigerator or the pantry, and it's like full, right? When there's nothing to eat. Mom, there's nothing to eat. Yeah, <laughs> there It's not what you want. Ah, there you go. You guys are following along, good. It's not what you want, right? I mean, you have a closet full of clothes and shoes. No, no nudges, husbands. Don't be nudges at your spouse right now. All right, I mean, I'll be honest, I got a lot of shoes too. But, you got a closet full of stuff, but you woke up this morning to get ready for church. I don't even need anything to wear, right? It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. Have plenty. We are blessed, right? We are so blessed. The difference between our needs and our wants. There are some things, though, that we may go through that we need. The bills are due. You're not sure how you're going to pay those bills. Maybe there's some financial stuff going on in your life. Maybe there's some some debt that is beginning to build up. Maybe you're having some marital uh, problems at home. Maybe communication is is breaking down in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you're going to bed not talking at all for some reason, and you're not sure what's what's maybe going on inside that head of your spouse, right? That's the great mystery of life, isn't it? And maybe you have some marital issues, some financial issues, maybe some health issues in your life today. Maybe you owe a lot of money, and, and you feel like you're in this circle, and it feels like, man, every time I try to get ahead, every time I take two steps forward, I even have to take two steps back because something breaks down. You know, we just got ahead and then the AC breaks. Right? When we can call a man Jose back here with take AC. Got I got you, bro. And, uh, and, and you can get your AC hooked up, right? Never fail. Something breaks down and it's like, I feel like you're never going to get out of this hole, right? Maybe there's way more than you feel like you can possibly do so you feel overwhelmed and you feel way down with, with the to-do list and everything that you feel like you have to do within a week. Maybe there's some emotional stress and some situations that feel like it's, just, it's too much to handle in my life. And those things, they leave us feeling overwhelmed. At times, they, they, there's too many responsibilities, there's too many challenges, and those things oftentimes drain us, don't they? They leave us feeling empty. They drain us of life, of time, of energy, and even our faith sometimes. Maybe you're feeling like that today. Maybe somewhere in that spectrum, you're feeling, yeah, I'm right, I'm right there. My time, my energy, and if I'm real honest, even my faith is really draining today. Well, I want to encourage you with this word. We're going to look at Elisha again. In fact, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. I want to encourage you today, because maybe you're looking around and you just don't see a when. You're looking around your life and you don't feel like you have enough. You're you're looking at your your situations and you just don't see how things are are going to work out. Maybe you're watching online today and you just, you don't know what you're going to do next. I came to encourage some of you today. I came to encourage you and help you understand that when you don't have what you really want, God is what you really need. In fact, I would say it like that He is everything. That you need today. Come on, you can shout one time if you believe that. I swear. God is everything that you. You may feel like you don't have enough money, but God is more than enough for you. You may feel like there's not enough food in the fridge or the pantry, but God is more than enough for you. You may feel like your house isn't big enough, or your car isn't nice enough, but God is more than enough for you today. There is ridiculous provision, ridiculous provision for you In that God is more than enough. He loves you. He loves you and He loves to take care of His people. He is for you, not against you calling somebody. He is all that you need. But far too often we take our eyes off of God in those moments where we feel like we're lacking, right? And we tend to focus more on what we don't have. And when we do that, we miss all the stuff that we do have, right? So far too often we're focused on the wrong things. Second Kings chapter four, verse one: uh, We've got a woman here. She has become a widow. Her her husband was a, a prophet. In fact, it, it seems that the text would suggest that he knew Elisha; that he was a fellow servant of, of his. And, and, uh, and, and this woman is now left without the sole provider for her family. So now she's a widow. And there has debt that has accrued. In fact, it wasn't uh, uncommon that, that a prophet would be in a situation like this because they were often on the run. Uh, people didn't like the prophet because the prophet would have to tell it like it is. And you have to give the word from the Lord. And some people didn't like that. And so oftentimes uh, we would see them... On the run, persecuted, and it seems that there's some debt that has accrued that she cannot pay. And the Mosaic law back then would have now taken her sons as bond servants to pay this debt. So she's a widow, got this debt as accrued, no way to pay all this, now she's going to have to give up her. Do you think she's in a desperate situation? And so we find her coming to the prophet Elijah here in 2 Kings chapter 4. Read it with me this morning. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slave. Elijah replied to him, How can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all. Well, except a small jar of olive oil. Let every father shift our minds today. God, help us to take our, our eyes off of what we don't have and look at what we do have. And more importantly, let us turn to you in these moments that we think we lack Because God, if we have you, we have everything that we need. You are more than enough for us. And simply, turn our eyes on you. and less all our struggles and problems and what we think we don't have. So Father, speak to us today. If there's anyone here that may be dealing with this or feeling this burden on their life and their heart today. God, would you speak to them? God, would you show them? Would you show up and show out and show that you... More than enough, anything that we go through in this life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. 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 This woman is it a desperate situation? Maybe you can relate to her. Maybe you've come to some moments in your life where it seems like everything, when, when it rains and pours, right? Everything seems to be coming down and you don't really know what you're going to do. You don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from. You've got bills piling up. You've got issues. You've got struggles. You've got problems emotionally, mentally, physically. And spiritually, maybe you can relate to this woman today. She's grieving for the loss of her husband. Bills are piled up. In fact, in that culture, she was not a boy with. So there really doesn't seem a way out. Now they're going to take her two boys, and humanly speaking, it's almost like she has no hope. So she comes to the prophet Elisha. And here's where I want you to see that when you don't have what you really want, God is what you really need. And look how Elisha responds. I think he responds different than some of us would have responded. Because sometimes we don't know what to do to help people out. We, really. yeah. because we've all got our own issues, right? Our own built us today. Look how Elisha responds in, in, in verse 2. Elisha replies, how can I help you? How, how can I not? Well, hey, sorry about your love. Um, good luck. I'll be praying for you. Because your that's our out, right? I'll just be praying for you, brother sister, right? Yeah. Oh, wow, how the prophet responds to, how can I help him? That should be our response, church. When there's people in need, when we see in need, we should be in need. And when we see people that are hurting, when we see people that are, are, are in need of a healing, when we see people that are in need of a provision, we know the provider, we know the healer. And so we should be just like, Prophet Elisha and step in and say, hey, how can I help you? Right? Now, you just like the problem. I said, but no, no, he, he doesn't come in and say, good luck, not my problem. He says, how? How can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she starts off by saying, well, I, I, there's nothing. I have nothing at all. See, all she can think about is what she doesn't have in this moment, listen, I, I don't have a husband, I don't have a job, I don't have enough money, the debts are piling up, and now I'm about to lose my boys, and she, she's focused on all what well, she doesn't have, it. and maybe you can find yourself in that place today of, of focusing on all the stuff that maybe you don't have, or, or you I don't have a nice enough house, so I, I can't really, can't host life groups when they happen on, which we have what having life groups tonight, if you want to join in, you can, sit down, if you're not doing that already. Hey, I don't have enough house. I can't host the life group. Right, again, I have this walk-in closet, all these clothes, but I don't really have anything to wear, right? I don't have a high enough paying job. If I could just, if I could just get that next uh, promotion. If I could get that raise, and maybe things would would be better. Just, I, don't, I don't. have a good enough job. This this old car, yeah, it runs. It gets me where I need to go. But man, it's been a while since I've had something new. A marriage is not perfect. At times, it's really messy. Life seems to be chaotic. If we're not careful, all we can do is focus on what we don't have. And that's exactly what this woman does in this moment. We can focus on what we don't have, but remember from last week, our greatest need can actually be a blessing if it causes us to go closer to God. If it causes us to depend on Him even more. But oftentimes what we do is we take a magnifying glass to the things that we don't have. And I like, man, I don't have this. If I could just get a little more of that. And, and notice when you're using a magnifying glass, you're, you're laser focused in on something, right? And what do you miss? You miss everything else that's going on around you. Right? And I, I don't have this, but remember what we said in worship, God is so good. But I'm so focused here. I don't see that. And I believe that's what this woman was doing. She was so lazy. She was like, I don't have it. I don't have enough. I don't have your service. I don't have anything. And then there's a moment. Well, Except a little oil. Except a little oil. And so far, we are missing everything. We are missing all the right things. All the things that we do now. And if you're not going, you have more than enough that you need, so start magnifying. Don't magnify the things that maybe you don't have, and you're like, why don't you start magnifying the blessings that are there, right? So why do you, like, you know, I don't, I don't have this. Well, yeah, you're still alive though. You still have good health, right? You, you, God got you up for another day. Yeah, maybe you're not having a good day, but you're still here. There are things, there are blessings that maybe you miss because you're magnifying what you don't have. Why don't we learn to just in those moments, let's magnify God. Let's magnify who He is. And that turns our focus off of all that other stuff or what we don't have. And we realize that when we magnify God, we realize that He is our provider, that He is our healer, that He is our hope, He is our strength, He is our joy, He is our peace, He is everything that you need that you are so focused on what you don't have. Put the magnifying glass away, put it on the drawer. In those moments, we miss all that we really have if we magnify what we don't. So what do you do? What do you do when you feel like you don't have much or when you are so focused in what you don't have? Well, I got a couple things for you. First thing is this. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Second, Kings 4.2, again, your servant has nothing here at all except, someone say except. In a moment, she realized, yeah, I have nothing, but I do have something, except a small jar of violet oil. She didn't realize what she really had, because the oil was a very, uh, very uh, good thing. It was a multi-use thing. You could use it for all kinds of You could use it for cooking. They, they had these oil lamps, and they put oil in the lamp, right? Medicine, moisturizer ladies, right? I don't want to walk around, actually, just put some oil on it, No bath and body works. There's no cherry, blossom, whatever, all that fruity stuff y'all use. Right? But you can use it for moisture. You can make leather pliable. Anybody ever have a baseball glove?
1: Bought it brand new?
0: Put some oil in that thing. Put the ball in there. Wrap it up and stick it on your mattress, right? Oil was used to make leather pliable. Still is, right? It would keep iron from rusting. It was often used by the prophets and still to this day to anoints. Right? It was a very profitable. It was, was a great thing to have. It was a multi She didn't realize, but she really had Oh, I don't have anything. Except a small little thing. A oh, boiler. Come on, I wish someone was shot like this Why Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that God can do a lot with a little if you yeah. ever read through your Word and see what God has done? Because I remember Joe one time that Jesus, He was with the disciples and they were ministering to a group of people and people were getting hungry. Jesus was oh, was preaching so hard, and you know how preachers do—they go long-winded sometimes. And and, and Jesus is going long, and he said, "Hey, the people are hungry. Let's go get them some food." What do we have? Well, oh, Jesus really. And they feed five thousand people, and the, and the people's bellies were full, weren't they? You remember that story? That they were full, and then there was some left over. I love leftovers. Come on, love leftovers. God can do a lot with a little. A single stone in the hands of a young man defeated a giant named Goliath. You remember that story? My God can do a lot with a little, come on, if if you have just faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. God can do a lot with a little, come on, in the beginning, the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, there was nothing, it was void, right? And God said, let there be light, and there was. God said, let there be land, and the sky, and the waters, let there be creatures, let there be man, Created everything out of nothing. And before you want to get all scientific, yes, if you're looking at that one side of the coin, that might sound illogical. But the way it works is that we serve a God who is eternal, that is and was and is to come. He has always been and and therefore something could come from nothing because there was something and his name was God. Come on. So that makes it work. God created something out out of nothing. I can do something with anything. Yeah. He can do a lot with a little. bit. Because our sense. God is more than enough. And, and the prophet says to this woman, what you got in your house, lady? I don't have anything. Either. And seven. Seven. You remember when Moses was talking with God way back early on, right? Guys, I'm going to use you, Moses. You're, you're going to help deliver my people, right? And Moses was arguing with yeah, him, well, I love people, and you know, he does what we all do. I don't know if we can do this, God. And God says what to him, what do you have in your hand? Remember that? Like, this is nothing new. Like, this is the same God. Remember he doesn't say? He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't say, hey, what can you do, right? He doesn't say, hey, what do you need? He says, what do you have in your hand? And Moses had a staff. That staff would turn to a snake as he's going up against Pharaoh. That staff would be the staff that parted the waters as they walked across um, uh, away from from Egypt. Right? What do you have in your hand? You and ask, what do you need? What do you want? What do you have? Maybe you're here today and you feel like I, I don't know that I'm enough. I don't feel like I'm talented enough, I don't feel like I'm good enough, I don't even know if God can really use me, I've got this past, I've got this struggle, and I don't even know God, what do you have, maybe you feel like, hey, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not the stage guy, right, I and I'm gonna be, I said that for a long time, years ago, right, so don't, watch what you say, right, hey, I'm not the, I'm not the out front stage guy, I'm not going to be on the mic, well, what do you have, maybe you're really good, maybe you have just a great servant's heart and you're good behind the scenes and you're okay to not be out front. That's okay. Because just a place for everybody. Right? What do you have? Man, Pastor, you know, I don't make six figures. Yeah, but you're home six nights a week. Right? I'm home. Pastor, I don't have a lot of money, but man, you got the love of the family. You got a church family that love you. You got a God that loves you. Yeah, you may not have a, a, enough money, but, but you, you are blessed. Stop focusing on what you don't have and focus on what you do have. Maybe you don't have this except you have that. And again, we spend all of our time. Spend all our time magnifying it and dreaming about where we wish we were and what we wish we had, and no time investing on where we are right here, right now. And using what we do have now. So what we wish we had never comes because we never use what we have begin with. What am I talking about? Let me paint it this way. You might be dreaming about how God can use you to touch lives through your singing. Right? But that doesn't really work if you can't sing to begin with. So maybe you Wednesday nights, everybody, ready? Come on. You know what I'm saying? We we focus so much on what we don't have, and we miss what we do have. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Start saying yes to God right where you are. Right where you are, right here. Start saying yes to him. It's not what we do for God. It's what we say to God. It's what we say to him that matters, whether that's yes or no. We say, Stop waiting for what you want. Start working with what you have. Your servant has nothing there at all, except someone say, except, except a little bit of oil, a small jar of oil. Her exception led to the exceptional miracle that God's about to do in her life. And we often dismiss what God wants to do in our life because we think we don't have enough. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. And then learn to offer God what you have and trust Him to give you what you need. Okay? Start offering God what you have and trust Him to give you what you need. Uh, verse 3, King, chapter 4, we'll go through verse 7. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, And as each is filled, put it into one side. She left them and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped pouring. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil. Pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Elijah Tempted to go and kind of do all this for her, right? But no, he said, I want you to go and do it. He ain't going to jump in you feel compassion, feel sorrow in this widow, and we I mean, jump in and I will help her collect all this stuff. But, but everybody says, no, no, I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. I want you to collect all these, all the jars that you have, all the empty jars, and I want you to go from uh, collect them from your neighbors. And I want you to go fill it up with, with this oil, right? So she did what he commands to do. And she did it in faith. Remember last week they had to go dig the ditches before God did the miracle? And this is the same situation. She had to go dig that ditch. She had to activate her faith before God does the miracle. Charles Spurgeon says it like this God takes care to deliver his servants in ways that exercise their faith. He would not have them be little in faith, for faith is the wealth of the heavenly light. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And how we will. God, they just pour it out, but we wouldn't have to do anything. But that's not the way faith works. Faith without works is dead, and the Bible tells us. So the prophet says, Hey, I want you to go out, I want you to collect all these jars, and let's fill these bad boys up, right? Because as long as it was empty jars, God would fill it. I want you to hear that this morning. As long as it was empty jars, God would fill it would fill it. And it didn't matter what size, shape, or color that they were, right? It, it, it didn't matter uh, if it was a milk jug, a honey jar, a coffee kit, a butter tub. Come on, y'all know you use the country tub as some Tupperware, right? And they made good cereal bowls too, Joe. I need a big bowl for my cereal. But it didn't matter what kind of vessel it was, because here's the thing, this is what well, I want you to see. this one. God can use any kind of vessel. But the key is that it's empty. God can't fill it if it's full. God cannot fill you or me if we are full of a bunch of other stuff. God cannot fill you if you are full of yourself. God cannot fill you if you're full of pride. God cannot fill you if you're full of selfishness or greed God cannot fill you you're full of excuses empty yourself of what doesn't matter and let God fill you with what does So, so this morning if you feel like I'm weak guess what he is strong this morning maybe you're hungry and I'm not talking about you're ready for lunch I'm talking about like spiritually you are hungry Jesus is the what the bread of life You're feeling thirsty today spiritually. You remember when Jesus met the woman at the well? He told her, what? Listen, what I offer, you will never thirst again. You're feeling lost today? Guess what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You're living in darkness. He is the light. You're feeling some instability in your life today. Come on, make sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Are you empty today? Are you an empty vessel ready for God to fill? God is looking for some empty vessels. Worship team, you can come on up. What unimportant things do you need to empty yourself? What unimportant things do you need to empty yourself of so that God can fill you up with what matters the most? Would you go ahead and think about that today? Search your heart to what, what what is it that you need to empty yourself? Is it sin?
1: Is there some things that are in your life that don't
0: need to be there? Get rid of it. Jesus died so that we can get rid of that in our life. He died so that we have power over sin. So turn away from that. Lay that down at the feet of Jesus today. Is it sin? Is it yourself? Are you getting in the way of what God wants to do in your life? Are you so magnified on your issues that you don't see the blessings around you? What do you need to empty yourself of today so that God can fill you? With all of Him? Would you stand up with me this morning? Your greatest limitation is God's greatest opportunity. because it's what we think we need the most that can become a blessing, remember? If it turns us to trust God more. Your greatest limitation can be God's greatest opportunity in your life, whether that's money, whether that's health, whether that's your marriage or your family, She couldn't pay that debt on her own. She needed a miracle. To allow Him into your life, to begin a relationship with Him, because you know you've tried everything else. Why don't you try Jesus today? He doesn't disappoint, He will never leave you, He will never forsake you. Everything that you need can be found in Him. So if you bow your hands and close your eyes this morning, if you're in this room and your greatest limitation is that you don't know Jesus, would you say yes to Him? Would you be like this woman in a desperate situation?